Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Welcome to Door Bumper Clear. I'm Jason Schultz and our spotting trio is back from Talladega. They'll discuss Bubba Wallace's Emotional Monday, Joey Logano's block on Chase Elliott, and Ryan Blaney winning in a wild finish. Here we go. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Hey, me too now. This is Freddie Kraft. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. New leader. Oh, uh, watch out for this guy. White flag. Recognize. Go low. Go low. Clear. Bring home. Three wide. Coming to the line. Door. Bumper. Clear. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm Hannah Newhouse and welcome to Door Bumper Clear. Excited to be filling in once again for Casey Boat uh, with the crew today. I think this is my first time back in 2020, so I can only imagine how this is going to go. But uh, looking forward to joining uh, TJ and everyone today. Hey everybody, Um, TJ Majors is part of the 22 Cup car. TJ, you finally got a haircut. (laughs) Brett Griffin, I'm proud of you. You, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, that's your first haircut since the pandemic started, right? It's probably my first haircut since before Daytona. Wow. Oof. Wow. Well, I miss you looking like Ryan McGee, man. But, uh, Brett Griffin, glad I to know. have you guys here. Talladega, man, big race, big ratings for Monday afternoon, Freddie Kraft. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, um, the stuff that transpired before the race is probably what kind of gained us some traction there and we'll, uh, kind of disperse. What's your name? <laughs> I've kind of uh, <laughs> kind of have to disperse with the elephant in the room, obviously. Unfortunately, uh, I'd love to talk to you guys about what happened. I'd love to go in a little bit of detail about it, but I can't. I have to go full TJ on us here. I don't know. There is a federal investigation going on that excludes us from being able to talk about it right now. So, um, man, I thought the beginning of the race there, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was choked up. When, when they pushed that car down there, I had tears in my eyes when I seen Bubba get out as, as emotional as he was. Um, so it was, it was. I mean, it was a, it was a really moving moment. Um, the picture of Bubba with everybody standing behind him was incredible. Um, you know, it's just, uh, just really proud of everybody, man. And I, I, like I talked to you guys a little bit in the group chat last night about, you know, everybody that up, was up there just about came over, you know, fist bump, pat on the back, how you doing? Yeah, I, man, I, I tell you, we've all seen a lot of cool selfies in our lifetime. The selfie with Bubba in front of the 43 car, which is in and of itself, you know, a legendary sports icon. Uh, obviously, the king standing there and all the drivers behind him, man. What a, what a great selfie. 
But I've seen some stuff going on too that that drives me nuts. And Bubba Wallace was not involved in this, people. Bubba Wallace had not been in the garage yet. Um, Bubba Wallace uh, didn't have anything to do with this. So for you people out there that are thinking that this was a Bubba idea and a Bubba plan, you guys are idiots. Like, find something else to do. Go get out of your mama's basement. Go out there and play kickball with your other 40-year-old friends. And, and obviously, man, all the drivers coming together, all the sport coming together, the unity that we saw, the humanity that we saw on display. Yeah, um, that picture with Bubba, you know, the American flag up there, Bubba, the king, um, and the entire garage area behind Bubba. And every driver, every crew member, every pit crew guy standing behind that. That picture, um, that picture, man, is going gonna, is gonna to be around for a long time. That's what defines our sport. You know when you... The, the traveling group here, even the shop guys, everyone involved in this racing is a family. And I think every single one of us, you know, we're competitors on the racetrack, but as soon as something <clears throat> happens, you know, we're behind, we've got each other's backs. Um, and, and like, look at Newman, you hate racing him on the racetrack, but something bad happens to him, man. You can't wait to get back out there and, and race door to door with him. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just a, it's a gigantic family. And I think that picture, um, with everybody united together right there is worth it just defines our sport to me man i mean it, it uh i hope um i hope that bubba can look at that and understand that we're all with him and knows that you know i i was kind of mad that i wasn't able to be down there and stand in that group with him you know what i mean i wanted to be down there and show my support for uh for bubba as well um but that picture man just defines our sport and you know, at the end of the day, it's it's a big family, and I hope um, I hope uh, everyone got to see that on TV and realized how, how cool of a family this can be. And you know, it's a great sport, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Did you feel, Freddie, when you you know there's an opportunity there for you to go up there and take the lead, which isn't an easy task at Talladega, especially when you have four cars like Stuart Haas <laughs> Racing or four cars like Penske or four cars like JGR. A lot of a lot of alliances there working together. For you to be a single car team and go up there and take the lead in that race after what had happened the day before. Like did your heart pound a little harder than normal when that happened? Yeah, you know, you guys know how it is spotting these races and, and you're just looking for the opportunity the right opportunity each time. And you know, me and Bub had talked about it, you know, we're gonna you almost, like you said, a single car operation, you almost have to put people in a position where they don't have any choice but to help you, you know, and, and that's kind of what we did multiple times where, you know, we would be in the bottom lane and just wait, wait, finally get clear of that top lane. And then if the top lane was solid enough, we just pull up in front of them and they had no choice but to push us at that point. And, you know, oh, I think oh, yesterday. Oh, wait, you were blocking? No, just just driving up to the front there, bud. Pull up and in then, front of them uh, where they have no so, choice. <laughs> so then, so then, uh. You know, so then we get the, a big push down the back from TJ down there and yeah, push us by the 11. And then that son of a <laughs> tandems us and gets us out about 20 <laughs> car lengths on everybody to where we're a sitting duck. So, uh, you know, but it was it was awesome, you know what I mean? And like, and credit to, um, just to go back, touch on the, the Unity stuff, credit to Jimmy Johnson. It sounds like that was Jimmy's idea to begin with. Uh, he sent a group text out to the guys that... You know, he was going to stand with Bubba if anybody wanted to join him. And then Kevin had the idea. Kevin Harvick had the idea of pushing the car down there. And I think just it just snowballed from there, man. I didn't – you know, we had heard about some rumors about some drivers going to do stuff with Bubba before the race. 
And, um, you know, then you see the teams, the drivers all huddled around the car. Then they're pushing it. And then all of a sudden you see every team down there. That's when I started getting choked up. I'm like, man, this is, this is way bigger than I expected it to be when every damn team member is following you down pit road. But, you know, just, just like you said, then the race, I mean, I felt like we, we did everything we could. We, uh, we ran close to the front all day, which I think was important to Bubba. Um, we, we put ourselves in good position all day and then just, just short on fuel there at the end. We were running third with four to go, and Denny ran out right in front of us and dragged us back a little bit. And then uh, we ran out the next lap. And thank God uh, thank God for Corey LaJoy because uh, we ran out of fuel coming down the backstretch when they opened pit road, and we weren't going to make it back. And Corey, who was like the last car in line, got behind us and pushed us all the way back to pit road. Saved our race. We, you know, we, we probably could have ended up top 10. We got stacked up into three there on that last lap. But, uh, man, I mean, big credit to Corey for that. That was, that was pretty selfless move on his part. Yeah. I thought Bubba did a good, I mean, you guys were leading that outside lane. Um, I was spotting off you guys a lot of that run cause we were pushing the 12 leading. We, we, we could line our four cars up there pretty good and we could push Blaney out front pretty good and keep them almost keep us four clear in the bottom. But Bubba, he was in line on the bottom and I saw him jump up to that second lane and he was able to make some pretty good progress. I mean, eventually got to the lead. So it was good to see, um, good to see him up there and, and, uh, get behind him. And I know, um, the only thing I wish is that there were, um, I wish we were fan. I wish things were back to normal and fans were in the stands because I think that place would have went crazy when Bubba come off turn four leading that race, man. I'm sure all the people at home were cheering, you know, and I think it'd have been cool to see, I think, I don't know if he had seen it or not, but I think he would have had the whole Grand Sands waving for him there. And, and um, I think it had been a pretty awesome sight. How about yesterday, talk about yesterday's race, just to get off, you know, get a little bit lighter note, get back to our normal selves here. How about that freaking wind right before it started raining? I couldn't even spot. Like, it was like knocking my binoculars yeah. out of my hand. So Joey <laughs> called me, and he, he called me during that delay, and he's like, hey, um, yeah, there's a couple of things. Like, are you uh, are your angles, like, not that good? And I'm like, dude, I can't even hold my binoculars. So if you're talking about the last <laughs> 10 laps of that before it rained, I said, you got to erase that stuff because I couldn't even stand still. And, I mean, there was stuff blowing in my eyes. There was – I mean, the wind gusts. I got hit with a trash can. I t- oh, yeah, the chair <laughs> fell over behind me. And uh, you probably heard that chair. You're not ready for it. It turned yeah, over. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And uh, so I look over there, and everyone – I see everyone just kind of staggering, catching their steps and stuff. And, and I'm like, dude, we're like two and three wide. I can't – it's really – it was really hard. I told you, I'm like, hey, man, just, you know, there's like 30-mile-an-hour winds right now. I was like, oh, yeah, I can feel it on the front stretch. Like, yeah, me too. And uh, – yeah, it was. Um, if it's pulling was, Freddie around, you know the rest of us got it rough. I was gonna <laughs> yeah. say, do I take it there and be like, well, there's a couple guys <laughs> up there that probably got blown off his hands. <laughs> my crew chief said the same thing. My crew chief said good on channel two. He's like, well, luckily you're safe. And I was like, yeah. not yet, but it's but it's not that the it, wind is blowing. It, it's what the wind is blowing. It's like you were on a motorcycle <laughs> running sixty miles an hour with no glasses on. I mean, my eyes were watering. Oh. There was sand blowing in my eyes. A trash bag went yeah. by me running forty five miles an hour. Like it was, uh, and, and yeah. in three seconds that thing was over there at the airport. Like it was, uh, it was intense, I man. Mean, but no, it. it it's hard to – you literally have to tell yourself, I have to block this out. I have to concentrate. I got to do a job here. I couldn't – it was hard to look through the binoculars. And I'm t- Joey called me. He's like, hey, uh, you know, I felt like a couple times, you know, on the backstretch, we, like you couldn't clear me as good. I'm like, yeah, I couldn't even barely see you, man. I mean, I couldn't – literally could barely hold the binoculars straight, you know, to, to, to do your job back there. Um, he's like, oh, okay. Well, I, mean, I guess that makes sense. I'm like, yeah, you should – it was – it was super hard to stay focused right then. So could you see really good when you pulled up in front of the nine and caused that wreck? 
I can see perfect. <laughs> okay. Just, yeah, we'll just make there. sure. We'll, we'll get to that. Yep. <laughs> Bless. All right. Well, before we get to that, before we get started, uh, let's hear more about our presenting sponsor of OfferPad. As things start to open back up around our country and you're coming out of your home after three months, you've probably realized whether you like your home or if you need to sell it and make a move. And if you have decided it's time to sell, we want you to sell it with our friends at OfferPad.com. OfferPad is the easiest way to sell your home. You can literally submit your home to OfferPad in just five minutes. It does not get any easier than that. Man, that is easy. And within 24 hours, you get an offer. You can start packing and get your move on. Get your move on. Yeah, yeah. Using OfferPad allows you to avoid showings, pick your own closing date, and includes a free move from Brett and Freddie if you're moving locally. My back hurts. Watch us carry your couch down the stairs and white feeders. That's exactly what you want to do. Nah, no shirts. Don't wait any longer. Go check out OfferPad.com today. All right, spot on, spot off is what we're starting off here. And uh, the old Penske guys, they got a lot of, lot of stuff in these spot on, spot off here. But the first one we can start off with is Ryan Blaney body slamming Eric Jones at the line for the win. We can start with Brett on that one. Man, I wish I could have been a part of the body slamming. I got body slamming in turn three myself. <laughs> I, I, I literally, we didn't get to play offense all day. I don't know why, but our car was not as fast as I was used to our car being at plate races. And finally on the last lap, we got hooked up. We had some momentum. We were going to put ourselves in position to make some moves. And as Denny caught us going into three, when he hit us, it shot us left and, and we wrecked. So that kind of ended our day. I think we were probably sixth or seventh there in line, which – Man, Amarola was right there with us, and he ended up with a chance to win the race. You just never know at these places. Um, I, I think that's what people tune in for, though, right? I mean, the, the Talladega, and Freddie and I talked about this a few weeks ago, like if you can't get good, get good ratings and good attendance at Talladega, where can you? There's not a better place to watch a race. I was excited this package didn't produce the single-file racing on the top line that we've seen happen there for a lot of years. And it would be, with it being 90 degrees, I was really concerned that might happen. Um, but – I mean, spot on for Blaney, man. He did what he had to do to win this race. We talk about that all the time. It's the last lap. It's the last corner. You get paid to win races. Your crew guys deserve to win races. Your sponsors deserve to win races. Sorry, Eric. Maybe be your day another day, but Blaney got you. Now you owe him one. Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, like you said, it's the last 100 feet of the race. You know, you're going to do – you're blocking top, bottom, wherever you got to go. I think the biggest factor here is why it looked as bad as it did was I don't think Blaney realized that the 38 car had gotten to the outside of the 20. So as soon as he kind of door slams the 20 up a little bit, it the 38 hooks him in defense, and that's what causes the big wreck. I think if that 38's not there, they're banging doors all the way to the line, and it's, it's going to be a photo finish between the two of them. So, you know, I think that a lot of people don't realize that's what played a bigger factor in it, and that's why it looked a lot worse than it really is. But, yeah, you're coming to the checker. At, you're not going to just sit there and watch the guy drive by. You're going to do everything you can to, to, to outrun him. Yeah, I mean – you're going for the win. It's off the dog leg of Talladega, and you got a shot at winning the race. I mean, <laughs> you gotta do, you gotta do what you gotta do at that point. I, the only thing that makes me nervous uh, about this is, man, that's some. There's some 
big potential there again. Um, obviously, like we, you know, with these plate races like that, we got a dog leg and stuff, and guys start moving around. <clears throat> you know, that's a, a super dangerous spot, and I, I you know, I don't want um, you just hope it doesn't lead into a bad decision later on. You know what I mean? Like, would you pull that move again if you knew there? I don't like you said though. I don't think he knew there were two cars out there. Um, I think Blaney leaves more room if there's two cars out there. Uh, if he knows there's two cars out there, but I mean, you're coming to the you're coming to the checker though, man. Uh, same thing at, like at um, Daytona this year. I mean, Blaney comes off a of turn two. He's like third or fourth, right? Gets a big shove from somebody. He passes the guy in a three, and almost both times it was almost too soon. You know, he got his run too soon, but it um, it worked out both times for him. Uh, he knows how to position himself uh, where he needs to be, apparently. You know, he's last he, uh, last two plate races he won, right? Oh, no, Talladega. no, two of the last three. He didn't yeah. win the fall race. He won the spring race, right? No, he won the fall race, and then he didn't, he didn't win Daytona. He, you know, yeah, he two, uh, yeah, last two Talladega races then, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, hey, he got it done. How hard was it? I mean, obviously, I got wrecked. Obviously, Chase Elliott, <clears throat> TJ got wrecked. Uh, but, like, how hard do you think it was to wreck these cars yesterday? I saw guys making saves that, that I've never seen them make. And, I mean, obviously, that's going to be attributed to the downforce. <laughs> I mean, they were coming. They were 30 degrees sideways. I'm like, they're wrecking. No, they're not. Yeah, I yeah. saw it a couple they're, times, too. Bubba, we were sideways. One time, Kyle was pushing us, and we got sideways to the trioval. Not as bad as Blaney. Blaney was wrecking. I don't know how yeah. the hell Blaney didn't wreck. He yeah, was wrecking four. And, and saved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm not sure. But, I mean, one crazy stat I seen last night on, uh, I think it was, I don't know, Sports Center or something. Which is big, man. We've been on Sports Center like every week. This and it was Blaine, an interview with Blaney last week, and uh, or last night, sorry. And he he won both the last two Talladega races by the same exact margin of finish, uh, you know, margin of victory, the zero zero seven, double oh seven. There, James Bond, uh, which is fitting for Blaney probably. But uh, yeah, it's it's insane that you could actually have the same exact margin of victory two races. That in is a row crazy. There. Yeah, you probably you couldn't do it again if you tried. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, next one here um, on spot on spot off again. Uh, TJ, this is this is your hot seat moment. Joey Logano blocks on Chase Elliott, which triggered that crash on the backstretch. We'll let you start that one. Uh, well, looking at it again, um, we slid up in front of Chase, and it wasn't he wasn't running that much faster than us. It wasn't like two cars were tandem up for a long time and getting a big run down the backstretch. The two had just gotten to him. I saw it coming, you know, a couple of car lengths back. I start counting it down to Joey. Joey comes up. Chase has Brad on him. Um, but looking at the looking at the the data, Brad's actually not driving him through him. Brad's actually tap I saw a little bit of brake being applied with Brad. And but Chase what Chase I think tried to do after I saw a replay of it from a TV camera, Chase tries to turn under us. And when Chase tried to do that, that comes back to that deal where you were saying you saw. I, I don't think these cars are as stable in the back. They move more, in my opinion, but they are able to save them. But I think Chase tried to cut the wheel. And I did you? I saw a couple of guys get in trouble off of turn two yesterday on the bottom. I saw the ninety five get in trouble once. I saw Brad get in trouble on the bottom one time. I saw some cars struggling off of turn two. And I think when Chase tried to cut under us, he had the two right up on him, and I think the back snapped on him a little bit, and that's what caused it. It wasn't. The block's not what caused it. There's, it's one hundred percent not Joey's fault or, or or Brad Keselowski's fault. There's no way in that 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 they had any role in that. If you think that block caused that wreck, 
then you were you then there should have been way more red. I mean, there should have been way more extras. That block was absolutely nothing. And the only people that complain about the block are people on Twitter that go on there and you okay, let me see who this guy is. Oh, nice background. I get it now. It's a bad block. So what's the background? People that believe, what background are you looking at? No, the images and stuff, the avatars and stuff. It's the same ones that said Chase cut a tire at Bristol and oh, it was just an accident. It's okay if that happens. Just an accident. What's I got to do with their picture? I don't get it. That's their side. That's no matter what. That's the you know, like you said at Bristol. What if that would have been your car? You'd have been mad as can be. But I mean, I don't I don't get as mad at it as you. I mean, I get mad, but I mean, I'm not like Pageland mad. <laughs> um, um, you know, it, it's the same thing. I mean, it's no different. It's the same group. But whatever, can't do any wrong. You you want to you want to get after him, Brad, or you want me to go? I was gonna say, which one of you wants to take that? <laughs> <laughs> so I, it was not a terrible block. It was still a block. I think it did contribute to the wreck, obviously, because it wrecked because he was trying to turn around the block. Um, but you know, it's part of the sport, and it's never going to change, no matter how many times we see blocking. You know, you, you you see a guy get wrecked. It's just a matter of when you choose to block or not. Like t- t- like I said earlier, TJ, we got tandem there when we were leading, and he pushed us way the hell out, and then he kind of fell back to the four, I think it was, and they got hooked up, and they were coming, and it's like Bubba looked like he was thinking about blocking. I was like, nah, oh no, yeah, because <laughs> we were gonna get run over or or just hooked, you know, hooked in the fence or something, and and you you just have to know when when to do it, when not to do it. Um, you know they're you coming with a little into the backstretch. You can't block yeah. runs when they got two cars linked up. You can't block them runs. You 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 see, and I I kind of see this wreck happening because I seen the little bit of momentum that the nine and the two had, and then they were going to run into the back of the twenty two, and then something's going to happen. You know what I mean? You could tell when stuff like that. You know they got a big enough run to where now he's got to make a decision where to go. It was similar to the wreck I felt like with uh, the ten at Daytona where you got a guy pushing and a guy you know pulled up in front of him. And now what's going to happen here? And the guy, it's hard for them guys to know what's going on in front of that guy in front of them. So, you know, I didn't think it was a terrible block, but I definitely think the block is what contributed to causing the wreck and, and made Chase react the way he did. But, you know, it wasn't like, you know, they were going 100 miles an hour faster than them and, and just try to stop them. Yeah, I agree, man. I, you know, it's, it's fun to spot for drivers that are willing to make that block. It's fun to, uh, I mean, Ross Chastain last year at Daytona made every single block that I asked him to make. And Elliott Sadler would make those blocks. Clint's not going to be that aggressive at 40 laps into a race. You know, with two to go, yes, he, he will make that block. But it's it's fun as spotters. It's fun to spot for those guys. But there's a difference in moving up with a lane coming to pick the run up versus throwing a block. As late as Joey did that, he threw a block, and it started the wreck. Um, but, again, if I'm spotting for Joey Logano right there, I'm happy because I got up in front of the momentum. The momentum's going to carry me forward. It's unfortunate it got Chase Elliott wrecked again. He screwed Chase for the second week in a row. Cost him the win last week. Got him wrecked this week. What are you going to do at Pocono, TJ? You got a doubleheader coming. So you got two chances at Pocono. <laughs> Hey, I mean, I don't know. Guess we'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of Pocono, let's, uh, Pocono being Pocono, hope there's no weather issues there, knock on wood. But yeah, the next one one here, uh, Steve O'Donnell tweeted at that 3 p.m. start times is in place to maximize viewership and that no big sporting event in the U.S. starts at noon anymore. And we can start with you on this one, Freddie. 
I'd just start with Brett because that's all we're going to need to have go in this one. Uh, yeah, this is I mean, so frustrating. <laughs> this me is and so Brett, Brett's topic right me here. Me and Brett, <laughs> after we got rained out, we went out to dinner. And that's I'm cute. pretty sure this is all we talked about for about five hours was this tweet. Because it's, I mean, how could you tweet this when the NFL starts their games at 1 o'clock every Sunday and it's 10 games? It's, I mean, it's I mean, what are you? That's that's ten. You talk about West Coast. That's ten o'clock in the morning on the West Coast. So I mean, I don't know how you could tweet this. And I mean, arguably, probably the most watched sport in our country starts at one o'clock every Sunday. Every Sunday there you go, and it's ten games. So you know, and and Brett had a great point, and I'm sure he's going to talk about it here. Is you know, where's your risk versus reward? And I'll just let you go with that. I'll let you run with that, Brett. About you know, you, you guys know this about me. I love to gamble. When I go to Vegas, man, I'm playing blackjack. I'm playing craps. You know, I'm playing three card poker. I'm I'm in the sports book, man. I, I, I'm You're a only gambler. playing three card poker when I talk you in. I know. Thanks for winning me that thousand bucks, by the way. So <laughs> I'm a gambler, right? But when you choose to start a race at three o'clock at a facility where there's no lights, if it's raining at three o'clock at a place like Pocono, at a place like Indy, a place like Michigan, place like where we were this weekend, Talladega, you have zero chance of getting that race started. With, with the effort of being able to run it in its entirety. So, you know, I get Steve O'Donnell's point of it's a large viewership, but if you miss that window by a little bit, now you're running it the next day on a Monday while everybody's at work. You hedged your bet on something that doesn't exist, which is there's no freaking lights there. And, and to Freddie's point, yeah, there's seven, eight, nine, ten 10 games going off at 1 o'clock. Why don't we go off at 1 o'clock? especially in the summer, especially at these big, big tracks, and especially where there's places with no lights. And, it, and TV is clearly, clearly directing what time we're going to start. But, but, but for our fans that are having to invest their time at home to watch, and for our fans when we open this, this thing back up, that are investing their money to come to the racetrack, we deserve to them to give them an opportunity to watch the race on the day of the event. And when you start at this late, you're gambling, man. They're called late afternoon thunderstorms for a reason. That means we're probably going to see one. And Pocono, Michigan, Indy, it's hot. It's humid in the summer. We always have these pop-ups. We have no insurance policy on Sunday at 3.15 starts at these big tracks because your insurance policy is the lights, and your insurance says if you got time for it to rain and still dry it, well, we don't have that there. Spot off. And I don't understand why he's always defending himself on Twitter either. He's always defending himself. Like, if, if we're doing things right, why you got to tell people we're doing them right? Just do them, right? Well, in that case, I'll just go spot on. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> evidently, NFL and, and college football haven't caught up yet to the times. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, they can play in the rain, though. We can't. Um. And these places that don't have lights, man. You're, uh, you're, you're fighting it. You know, um, I, I have always thought NASCAR was great starting at the one o'clock deal or twelve thirty one o'clock time. I always thought that was uh, everybody knew. You know, went to church, got some lunch, NASCAR race. Now it, now it's, you know, okay, is it going to start on time? There's just too much it's too much in question right now. Like with them pop, like in the summertime, 90 degrees, you know, what's going to happen at three thirty, four o'clock. It's going to storm. Like today you go to the weather today. I'll bet if I look at the, it's hot out right now, it was hot at seven o'clock this morning. And I'll bet right now there's probably 85% chance of rain at like four o'clock or something. 
Yeah, there's a 75% chance today at 4 o'clock, exactly, because I just looked at it before we got on. That's, that's every day. But if we're talking about Martinsville, if we're talking about Bristol, if we're talking about Darlington, this is not an issue. I mean, when, when we left the racetrack on Sunday, the weather cleared up, it got pretty. But guess what? You can't start a race at 6.30 because it gets dark at 8 o'clock. If yeah. you're in one of those markets where it's small and you have lights, okay, we have an insurance policy. Yeah. Big tracks, what do we got at Pocono? I mean, yeah. it, I mean it's you've got Pocono this week. 80% chance, 4, 5, 4 p.m. today, 5 p.m. today. It's 83 degrees, 80% chance. I mean, I'm going to tell you what, I'm not going to do at 3 o'clock. I'm not going to get on my boat if I see that forecast. So how the hell are we going to be able to start a race? Like it's, yeah. it, it, I mean, it, it's a bad thing. You look at you look at Indy. Indy's start time is four o'clock this year. That is Great. one rain shower away from. Freddie, if it's raining at three o'clock, if it's raining an yeah. hour before the start time, we're already in trouble. Yeah, I mean, and you look at we talked about this. Go ahead the other and get Elmo's reservations now. You know this hurts, and we don't have fans right now. But when they come back, we're gonna. You know this hurts these fans. When it rained out the other day, we had to get some of us had to get our own hotel rooms, and it's not easy to find a damn hotel room. On top of the added expense. So now you're having to travel more, spend an extra day unless you're going to go, you know, if you can get the day off of work to stay on Monday. So, I mean, it, it just puts our fans, it puts us in a bad spot, it puts the viewership on Monday in a bad spot. It just doesn't seem logical at these places that don't have lights. You show me how many races we've had delayed since we came back, and I'll show you that we need earlier start times. That's, that's the answer. Yeah, I think it's like six out of nine or something. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's frustrating too, especially like when we do our, like during radio, they won't let us, we have to have the window to complete the full race, but we only have to race to the halfway point. So for example, on Sunday, if we would have chipped away after that rainstorm, it still had plenty of daylight hours, chip, chip, chip. We could have started at three or whatever and been done at a decent time, but they won't let us do that. Obviously you have to have that full window and that's, that almost sounds like salt in the wound sometimes. Hi, we're OfferPad. The new way homes are sold. Go to OfferPad.com, tell us about your home, and we'll send you a great purchase offer. Or, if that's not your style, we can also list your home with tons of free OfferPad services. Free handyman fixes, house cleaning, yard work, and more to get your home show ready. We can even advance renovation costs to maximize your home's value. Whatever way you want to sell, you're sold with OfferPad. Sell your way today at OfferPad.com. Last one here on Spot on, Spot off. <laughs> the car number placement for the july 15th all-star race at bristol um brett you want to start this one off this is stupid <laughs> man like i see i remember these paint schemes floating around at knn years ago and i was like this is stupid i mean this is okay let's take the jersey number off the back of the football jersey and and put it on his on the right in the middle of square in the middle of his ass like that's what this is equivalent to, to in my mind as a sports fan. I love the branding that we have, the sponsor placement, the door number placement, the roof number. Man, why why are we playing with this? For, TJ, why are we playing with this? Maybe you know something I don't know. I don't know, man. I know um, I, I, I'm only partially spot on for a special race like Bristol All-Star Race, something like that. Let's do it a little – let's do it up a little different if you want to do something. I think it's okay for an All-Star Race, something like that. I don't want to do it every week. Um, uh, I think it's <laughs> – I don't know why. I, like, 
I think the cars are great, but I, I, I'm okay with making the cars look a little flat. It just adds a little bit different flavor to it all. Another, something, another element to the All-Star race. Hey, you know, we're going to go and um, it might actually give some teams some, uh, <clears throat> you know, your car wins the All-Star race. You, you're probably going to make a bunch of die casts like that too, and people are probably going to be interested in it because it's different. You know, I think so, it's a great idea for the All-Star race. I just look at it, Freddie, as you're asking me to retrain my brain as a fan because we know where we want to look to see certain things on the vehicle. And now you look at it and it's like, well, where, literally, who's the sponsor? Where is the sponsor? Why does the logo look funny? Why is the door number back there? It's not. It's no, it's no longer a door number. Now it's a rear quarter panel number. Like, it's just weird. I, and th- I'll ask you this because I th- we brought this up. We we actually solved everyone in NASCAR's problems on Saturday night, me and Brett, between um, dinner and maybe a drink or three. And um, you, you, you talked about it. You you signed these contracts with these people. What are these these contracts? Don't say my numbers on the door. Where, where, I mean, they're it's specific to where your where your logo is placed. The Nutrient Solutions contract when they're the primary sponsor says they get the hood, they get the rear quarter panel, they get the TV panel. They get the deck lid. It doesn't say they get the door. So so now we're going to have to – now you're giving these sponsors – and I know this sounds far-fetched, but you're going to have to do an addendum to a contract just to make this a legal agreement. Like, And I know that sounds far-fetched, but if a sponsor was like, man, I kind of want out of this, and you make this change, they've got an out because the real estate that you've sold them is no longer available. I'm, I, and I've looked at it, and, and and depending on what it looks like, I could be okay with it. For the, I don't, I'm 100 percent against the quarter panel. I think that looks dumb as hell. I think every every series that's done it looks dumb. Um, so I, there's no way I can get behind that. The number slid back on the door with this with the big logo in front of it. I could support, but now you see this stuff. You know, you hear rumors this week that the RTA is claiming that they own the space where the contingency stickers used to go. So now you're are they going to try and sell a sponsor for there? So now you're going to have two sponsors on your door and clutter it up. I think if you can get one big logo from your sponsor from the front right, you know, from the front tire to the door, maybe you know, past the A post, and then you got your number, on, you know, set back under the B post. That might not look bad. I've seen some mock-ups like the Sonoka one they released didn't look terrible, and and that doesn't look bad. But when if you're going to clutter it up now to where the RTA says we own this three feet right here, and now you get the door, and then the number has got to be here. You don't want to make the number any smaller, so you still want that prominent number. Because like we've talked about on here, it's not 1995 anymore. There's no Goodrich 3 car. There's no Miller Lite 2 car. You know, these guys, your, your, your branding's on your number, you know, and, and the paint schemes change every week. So if you can't tell what number your car is or the number's not in the right spot or it's shrunk down to where you can't read it right, you know, you're not going to know who the hell's driving what. These paint schemes change every week. So you still have to have that number really prominent on the door somewhere. And then I just don't want to see it all cluttered up with stuff, you know, two different sponsors on there or a blank space with the, with the sponsors shortened up. It's just, it's, I don't, I don't really see any need for it, but you know, it's obviously some teams supposedly asked that they could try it and we're going to do it one time, but I just, I, I don't know why we would mess with something that's worked for a hundred years. I'm old. I'm stuck in my ways. Hannah, what do you think about it? I was going to say, so with the RTA, they own, um, you know, motorsports games and that's who does the NASCAR heat stuff. So this last season, all of the NASCAR heat stuff has been, they all have the quarter panel numbers and the whole sponsorships. And we change each and every week from truck Xfinity to cup and they change sponsors. And let me tell you, it is the hardest thing ever to call and we're doing it virtually. So we have all camera angles to pull off of and it is not easy to be able to identify because it's harder to see 
little writing on sponsor, you know, names and that kind of stuff that covers the door and their quarter panel numbers are super hard. Like it's, it's tough for me on a video game to call that. So I totally stand with you on it being great, fine for the all-star race, switch it up. I think something like that would be cool to do, but do, moving forward, we're not, we don't race in Europe. That, like that's very European and I don't, I don't, I don't care for it. I, I tell you what else was hard to see was that Barstool sports car yesterday. Holy cow, that paint scheme. Woo! I wouldn't mind running that thing at a short track, but I could not <laughs> find my car yesterday. It was terrible. It was it was second to the groovy summer car that Elliot ran years and years ago, which I don't have a – I got a diecast somewhere in here a bit. But it's – man, whew, It's it's – I wish I spotted it sometimes for, for guys like the Paul Menard – you know, like Blaney's paint scheme. Wow. Blaney's like, paint scheme. Super easy. The one Robbie Gordon used to run with that ugly orange on there. Like, boo, it was so bright, you could see that thing from the moon. <laughs> you want a spot for an orange car, Brett? I have. Uh, I've spotted for orange cars before, but I did not wear an orange shirt. Oh, boy. <laughs> I hope there's a big Clemson paw on the car. You know better now. Go, Cox. This week on the Dale Jr. Download, we've got Dale Jarrett coming into the show. Also, Hall of Famer, Red Farmer. The Dell Jr. Download, available on major podcast platforms. All right, moving on here to Xfinity Fast Lane. So it's time to hit the gas and take our Xfinity speed from the track to the studio. Let's jump into our weekly Xfinity Fast Lane segment where each person will have 10 seconds to answer six questions. All right, question one. Monday's race had 57 lead changes, the most since the tandem drafting days of 2011, and more than double from the Daytona 500. What caused the increase in lead changes in this race? And I think we kind of touched on it a little bit, but Freddie, you can start. I just think the package had them slowed down and bunched up a little more, and it, it wasn't as hot and slick as it was the day before. And that, that when it gets hot and slick is when it produces that single foul racing. So I think the little bit cloudy, cooler temp, and then the package slowing them down helped. All right, TJ. Uh, I definitely think it was the package that um, helped a little bit, but also they, uh, Talladega is a wide racetrack, and they used all three lanes a lot. Um, I think uh, a mix of both there, and it, it's crazy we had that many uh, lead changes with you know us with the group of cars working together up front too, protecting that. And Brett? I always like to look at the Daytona races. I know we're talking about Talladega, but the Daytona race for the Xfinity Series in February is a lot of single file racing. We go back in July and it's nighttime and we're two and three and four wide at the same racetrack. Cooler temperatures definitely help drafting and, and help multiple lanes form. Alrighty, second question here. Justin Haley won Saturday's Xfinity race, but he may have restarted too soon ahead of the leader, Jeb Burton. Did Haley jump the final restart, and should he have been penalized? And we'll watch the video first, and then we'll go. Let me put on my colleague hat. No, he didn't go early. Let me put on me sitting at uh, Twin Peaks watching it. Um, yeah, he went early. Uh, but but Jeb Burton screwed up. Why did Jeb Burton not split these two teammates up? Why would you let the colleague teammates be on your outside? TJ, you would have not told your guy to stay on the bottom and let two teammates be lined up on your outside with a freaking with a, with a trophy on the line. Especially if you're going to let him jump the start. Um, you can't wait in these scenarios. When you're restarting in the front row, you have to go quick. You cannot wait. If you go late, this has already been happening. I've watched Noah Gregson jump the restarts for about the last three weeks now when he's on the front row. If you watch Noah on the front row, he goes early. Um, I didn't see it. I was busy trying to jump the restart with AJ about two rows back. So 
Uh, I didn't see how early they went because I was trying to time it out and get to the outside and get behind them guys to push them to the win like we did. Go colleague. All right, next question. Last week, NASCAR tweeted asking whether Denny Hamlin or Joey Logano is the best current super speedway racer. However, Brad Keselowski has more wins than both of them. Who do you guys think is the current king of super speedway racing? TJ, you start. I think those three are probably the three best right now. Though I mean, it's hard to pick. It's hard to pick one out of them. Uh, them three right there. Uh, they've been doing it for years. Um, I don't know. I'd like to say, I'd like to say Joey, but Denny's got a pretty good track record here lately, uh, and Brad's always been really good at plate race as well. They all find their way to the front. Blaney, Blaney's added his name to that list here recently. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If anybody's trying to enter the room, it's it's obviously Ryan Blaney, but there's a common denominator here, and it's Penske. Their cars are fast. Their plate program is phenomenal. Obviously, Doug Gates horsepower. There's nothing better than that either. So, uh, but these are these are certainly three of the best. And and here comes Blaney walking into the room. Yeah, I mean Blaney, for all intents and purposes, probably should have won the last the last three plate races. He won the last two, two out of the last three. And but like you said. Fast cars don't hurt. You know, those Fords were hard to get to when they got lined up out front yesterday. So, but, yep, Denny and the Penske guys are, are killing it right now. Hey, what, what the what the crowd might not know is that last run, we were all riding about half, three-quarter throttle. The whole pack was riding um, about half, three-quarter throttle. That's why Ryan, Ryan rode the back of it for, what, about 15 laps or so? And then yeah. he throttled up and just went right to the front because we were all running half throttle. Um, but, hey, that's smart, man. He did what he needed to do in the beginning. <laughs> Maybe we all should have done that. Yeah. All right, next one. Uh, the Within the first two months of NASCAR's return, ideas including weeknight racing, a cup weekend doubleheader, a NASCAR IndyCar doubleheader, and a short track all-star race have now come to fruition. What is the next big move that you guys would like to see NASCAR make? Freddie, start with you. Uh, you know, I don't know what else they could do in the Cup Series. I think that they've covered just about every base they got there. Um, but my biggest thing still, uh, Soapbox, I'm going to get on, is taking the truck series back to, to local short tracks and, and getting them off the big mile and a half and super speedways. And TJ? I think we need to adjust the uh, the restart still. And there's these tracks that we're going to go to soon where fourth place is going to have an advantage over third place, and it shouldn't be like that. If you want to, you should be able to pick your poison. And Brett? This is something for everybody. We talked about it earlier. Earlier start times. <laughs> oh, and uh, two more here. Pocono will host the Cup Series' first true doubleheader of back-to-back races this upcoming weekend. What will be the most challenging part of racing 675 miles with one car in a single weekend? Brett, you start. Not wrecking, not having a problem, <laughs> not blowing a tire, not blowing a motor. Um, I think that's your, your biggest thing that you're worried about. You know, when the Xfinity Series did it, uh, Chris Rice told those guys point blank, do not wreck these race cars in the first race or we'll be behind. And uh, Freddie? Um, are we still shifting with this package? Because I think that, I mean, that's a lot of shifting. You miss a shift, you're blowing a motor there. That's a lot of wear and tear on the equipment, shifting all day long for two races back-to-back like that. So... I mean, don't miss a shift, but you're still going to wear it out. I shift my pants. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. Pocono's not a, a really trying racetrack. It's not too hard on the drivers. Um, 
I think you have more uh, more. I think you have more brake issues than you will shifting issues. I mean, we go to Watkins. Don't bring up brake issues at Pocono. Yeah. <laughs> we go Watkins Glen to Sonoma. Those transmissions handle it. Um, I'm not too worried about that. Just I shift my bed. Brake stuff. You shift your pants. You shift your pants too. You guys need T-shirts to say that. <laughs> I bet there are. Miss the shift. Yeah, oh. I shift my pants. Hashtag DBZ. Oh, okay. <laughs> the apparel line that you guys can honestly have for this we're, show. We're still we're still waiting on a logo out of our our lovely producer for oh. about six months now. So it's just what an idiot. Sorry. Shift your pants. <laughs> I don't know. Sh- I don't know. Shift show. Do funnies. Do funnies. Do funnies. <laughs> All right, I'll work on the apparel line. And the off the wall question here. Thank you. A black bear roaming free in Florida was lured into a humane trap by donuts. Name one food that would lure you into a trap. PJ. Boy. Donuts might work. Uh, maybe a Cinnabon. <laughs> you know, you go to the airport. That's all you can smell when you get into the hallway where the Cinnabon is. Mm-hmm. Brett? Michelob Ultra. My favorite food, food group, Brett. My favorite That's food a group. beverage. <laughs> That's a beverage. And Freddie. Yeah, but it, it replaces dinner pretty often. Uh, um, I don't know. Probably the damn chicken wing or something. I'm a keto and up these days. That's all I freaking eat is chicken wings. I right shift now, my so. chicken wing. Shift my chicken wings. <laughs> These are ridiculous. Jesus. Just like that, we're almost at the end of the show. That went by way too fast. And you know what else is blazing fast out there? TJ, it's got to be Xfinity Internet. You know it. Get reliably fast speeds for all your streaming needs. Shout out to Xfinity, premier partner of NASCAR, and the best podcast in NASCAR, Door Bumper Clear. And make sure you're following at Xfinity Racing on Twitter to keep you connected with behind-the-scenes NASCAR content you don't get anywhere else. Ask DBC. Send in your questions 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag AskDBC. All right, moving on to the AskDBC. Um, the first one here is from Colton Turner. Hey, I actually just posted a picture of all of us on my Instagram, and Colton slid in those DMs. Um, what do you, hey, what, not ours. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, weird. it's weird you didn't slide in well, ours. Well, I, I, I hope they're not sliding in yours. Um, what are the thoughts on Kyle Larson's eight race win streak? And do you think that this will have an impact on his ability to gain sponsorship for a potential NASCAR return? I mean, winning, winning always helps <laughs> winning helps everything. I, I think obviously Kyle's probably one of the most talented race car drivers we have in the sport of auto racing today, overall, um, overall, anywhere across all forms, but in the climate, the way the climate is today in today's world, it's going to be really hard for him to get a yeah. sponsor. I think. It's hot out. I think Global there's. Warming. I think. I think there's an owner. There might be an owner out there willing to foot the bill to get Kyle Larson in his car, but that's what it's going to take: an owner willing to pay most of the bill or all of the bill to get Kyle back. And and you know, I hate that for him, but it, it just is what it is, and it's the way of the world right now. But shout out to old Chad Boat and Casey Boat. They uh, yeah, unknown you, guy. That's who Kyle was. Uh, he's wheeling one of Chad's cars this week, and they dominated the week. They won five out of six races. The Chad's got some of the best stuff out there right now. Just really happy to see what he's done with his program. Hannah knows that her boyfriend Dylan drives for Chad when he goes back and races midgets now. So I mean, 
Chad's been ripping the last couple of years, and I'm just happy to see the success they are having. Yeah, I mean, Chad, why does Chad not win as much as Kyle on that thing? Jeez. Well, he I mean, he was for a little while, but he ain't been racing. He, he pretty much <laughs> he didn't quit. win like eight, eight out of whatever. He didn't win eight out. Of, he didn't win eight out of or six out of five, five out of six. He ran years. good for sure. Yeah. Let me let me ask y'all this. Obviously, we know how talented Kyle Larson is. We've spoke about that for four years on this podcast. And then you look at Matt Kenseth, who is also a very talented guy. You know, he came back and had a couple good races, and the last six weeks have been hard. The last six races have been hard on that team. Um, Kyle got fired. Kyle lost his job. Uh, has he is the, has the punishment run its course in, in your minds that what what for what he did should he be allowed to come back to NASCAR right now? Yes, one hundred percent. I think um, I think Kyle uh, misses it already. I think he's enjoying the sprint car stuff because we all know Kyle loves the sprint car stuff, but. Um, at the end of the day, he's he's far more talented, and, and it, you can't take all them guys and put them in. It takes a very special, talented race car driver to take them out of a sprint car and be able to get into a, a stock car, uh, anything else, and run good. There's very few guys that have been able to do all them series, like Tony Stewart, guys like that, and that they they don't come along very often. Um, I think Kyle will be back. I think he will be back. And honestly, he, he's probably going to have to come back if he's going to – If he, I mean, we all know where I don't think the Outlaws paid nearly as good as what NASCAR would, you know, for Kyle's sake. Um, and I think Kyle's going to miss it, though, because there are a lot of these tracks where Kyle's pretty damn good at, man. And um, I think he was watching them homestead, them truck races and, and Xfinity races and cup racing – Knowing that, you know, man, if, if Kyle was in that, that bounty deal, he was going to be a factor, man. I have a lot of black friends, and I called several of them when he got fired. And I'll name them. I'll name some of them I called. John Boyd, Chris Matlock, our friend Justice, uh, who Freddie and I hang out with all the time away from the racetrack. I called him, and I said, should Kyle Larson be fired? And all three of those guys said no. He should not be fired for, for what happened. He should be reprimanded but not fired. So I don't know at what point time cures all for, for what he did. Um, but when it does cure all, does he even want to come back to NASCAR? If he loves the sprint car world, I mean, he said the Chili Bowl is bigger than the Daytona 500. Obviously, if you can go win eight races in a row, if he can provide for his family – uh, obviously, you can't have a $5 million house that he was building on Lake Norman, but if he can provide a nice lifestyle for his family and he's having fun, do you think this guy – I don't know him well enough to answer this question, but do you think he even wants to come back to NASCAR? Because if he does, is he coming back for money or is he coming back because he loves to race? Now, we know he loves to race, but does he love the racing? Like, well, it's, 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 a weird, it's a weird feel for me. I think you hit it there, though. I think it's the lifestyle thing. Like, I think it's – the money that comes with NASCAR racing compared to going and just winning Indiana midget week is so different that like you hate to say it, you, he's gotten used to in the last four five, six years, being able to build that $5 million house on Lake Norman and winning Indiana midget week is not going to get anywhere near covering that or world of outlaw stuff for that matter. You so, could do a he whole probably freaking... won more, hit one more win in Talladega than he probably did. Right. Winning the entire midget week. Exactly. You know, but his heart, his heart's in sprint cars and stuff, though. I came that. into this year, you know, kind of trying to figure out where I want to be in this sport for 2021 and beyond. Do I want to continue being a spotter? Obviously, the business side is is my passion during the week. And, and I asked myself, if this is Clint Boyer's last year and he leaves the 14, 
and they bring somebody new in, am I going to want to stay? Am I going to want to go to Greg Zipadelli and say, hey, I want to stay. I want to work with this driver. If that driver had been Kyle Larson in February, if they had come to me in February and said, all right, Kyle Larson's coming to the 14, I would have said, I 1,000% am staying here because I want to work with a world-class talent. And there's not many world-class talent guys out there. I'm sorry, there can't be. NASCAR drivers are phenomenal drivers. I've worked with phenomenal drivers. But there's not many elite drivers. And he's one of the elite that that outperformed in equipment at Chip Ganassi Racing for years. So I, I agree with all of y'all. I think he's served his time. I think he's served his, his, his punishment. Do the crime, do the time. I think he's done the time. And I hope that uh, as, as we look for more unity and we look for more peace and we look for more kindness – uh, that somebody will show him some kindness. If he wants to be back in NASCAR, I think the door needs to open back up. Do, do you think, you know, coming from this the other side of the sport that you work on, how, how hard is it right now to sell him to a sponsor? I surveyed three sponsors, Freddie, when this happened. And one sponsor, and, and I didn't do it immediately. I waited a month later, and I, and I spoke with a former NASCAR driver before I did it who is a TV broadcaster now, full-time TV broadcaster. And I surveyed three sponsors. One sponsor said yes, they would sponsor him. At this point, one said absolutely not, and one was on the fence. So I think the biggest thing you've got to overcome is you've got to overcome the OEM piece of it. Ford, Chevrolet, Toyota, that's your first domino to fall. they got to say it's okay for him to come drive our cars. Once they say yes, I think you're going to see people have a bigger heart. Do you do you think he has to maybe get out in the spotlight a little more? I feel like you know, he's winning all these races. He's winning all these races and you still don't hear. I mean, I feel like I think I think he deleted his Twitter account. You know, like he's kind of, you know, even though he's dominating these races, the only time I hear from him is in these Victor Lane interviews. You don't you don't see him anywhere. Like, do you think getting back out there maybe a little more could help rehabilitate that reputation and, and sell the sponsors a little bit easier? I would love to work with him on the management side. I've never had that opportunity. You know, he and I have sent uh, some messages back and forth only once since uh, what happened happened. He actually watched our segment on the show uh, the week that he was fired, and he sent me some comments about what we said uh, about him and about his situation. Um, but but looking at him, man, I think he's doing exactly what he needs to do for now. I think this pandemic actually probably helps him, you know, not have to be put in certain media situations. But if I'm him and if I'm managing him, I'm going to tell him, all right, when it's time to talk about it, we're going to go talk about it. We're going to talk about it one time. And after that, your response is going to be, I've already addressed that. And I think that's where he's going to have to really show some emotion. The video didn't show enough of emotion and, and enough of remorse. And I think now that he's really – dude, I don't think he knew what the hell happened. I think that whole thing came at him so fast and his head was spinning and he didn't know us. Now it's sunk in. Now he's having to emotionally deal with all of the – dude, I mean, this guy had to put his house on the market. You know, that's like a normal guy. That's a normal Joe. You lose your job, you got to sell your house. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I think that that it's important for him to do what you said, get – Get in the right spotlight at the right time with the proper response. Be real. Be yourself. Do it once and then move on from it. I mean, look, we've seen guys come back from freaking attempted murder. I mean, look at Ray Lewis, right? I mean, there's guys that have done really, really bad things. Look at Michael Vick, you know. Uh, I mean, that's a guy that was training dogs to go fight. And and we forgave him and let him back into sport, back into society. And, and I think it's time that we do the same for Kyle Larson. All right, next and final Ask DBC question here is from Leahy Soccer 18 
with all of the Twitter drama that's been going on between the Joy and Denny, who are some drivers that you're glad did not have social media back in the day, or maybe some that you wish really did? Man, it's funny because we haven't touched on this Denny LaJoy thing. And, and, and I like both guys. TJ probably only likes one of them. But I thought, I thought, I thought Corey LaJoy was making a fool of himself during this whole thing. And, and I like Corey a lot. Uh, I think he listens to our show some. I told him I want to have him on. But, but I, I thought he was trying to play the victim, you know, way too early and way too hard. You know, that Tommy Joe Martins guy. He, he does the same thing. He, he plays the victim and, oh, I got this terrible hand dealt to me. Well, dude, if you got a hand, stop playing cards. Um, so, so I, but anyway, back to the to the question. Um, who are some drivers that, that I'd want to see on social media? Like, I don't know that we ever really got to know the real Dale Earnhardt. Like, I almost feel like he had this persona on the track and he had this persona at the racetrack. And then away from the track – he wasn't that guy at all. Like I would have, I mean, that's the cool thing about social media is you get to dive into these people's lives. Um, and, and I mean, that's a guy that I would have liked to seen who he really was away from the racetrack. Cause I mean, he was my favorite athlete growing up, hands down. My, my favorite athlete wasn't Troy Aikman or and I was a huge Cowboys fan. It wasn't a Gamecock quarterback. Like it was my favorite athlete in the world was Dale Earnhardt. Yeah. I mean, I think you got to go to a guy that I, I seen a little bit racing when I was growing up, Jimmy Spencer, Mr. Excitement. I mean, I feel like he'd be the guy to just say some stuff that you couldn't believe on there. You know what I mean? Like get out of the car, pissed off mad, and just say something really dumb and set the whole world on fire. So that'd be my guy that I would pick. But, you know, to touch on the Corey and anything, like like Brett said, it you know, I, I thought, like watching the beginning of it, I thought it was a joke. You know what I mean? I thought these two were like buddy-buddy, but mess around each other on Twitter, and all of a sudden you see it take a turn. And then I was just glad that Corey stepped up and apologized because he was, I don't know if it, the, the, like he says, the fan, you know, the, the momentum of the fans jumping behind him and, you know, the hell with Danny, you're right, Corey. It kind of gave him the liberty to feel like he could say some stuff that I think he went back and was embarrassed to listen to himself say. And Corey, like I said earlier, is one of the greatest guys in the garage. I've known Corey a long time. I spotted for him in some K&N races back in the day. He's just a great guy, great family. Uh, there's, I don't think there's ever a time I pass Corey in the garage without would stopping and having a couple minute conversation. So I, I mean, he's a great guy and I was glad to see him kind of take own up to, to, to not looking very good and, and apologize and, and kind of put it all behind him. I mean, it was entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> it was entertaining. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know that it was going to be as serious, um, as it got. Jeez. I mean, uh, I mean, it got to the point where you don't see this happen too much where it's going to be like wrecking race cars. I think the last time I saw it was when Brett pissed off Mike Harmon and he was going to wreck Elliot a few times. <laughs> At Applebee's. It, but, but yeah. in, my mind, in my mind on paper, this is like Johnny Manziel trying to start something with Tom Brady. Like, dude, Denny Hamlin is outside of a cup championship. Denny Hamlin's the guy. He's the man. Like, he's he's done a hell of a lot. Like, I don't know why that Corey picked that guy to start the feud with. You know? It's weird. Well, well you know, Denny's pretty good at poking the bear. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, you know, the timing of this whole thing just laid out to where it escalated quickly because obviously it happens. Then we go to Martinsville, and Denny is out to lunch at Martinsville. So Corey outruns him. And now this just throws gallons of fuel on the fire to where it's just going to continue to get worse now because now Corey, here Corey is, traps, stays out to lead that end of that stage and trap them guys a lap down so they can't wave around. 
I mean, it, it just the, the the fuel that got poured on the fire at Martinsville kind of got it out of control for the week. To, you know, that's after probably that. what then, that's probably what caused the. Um, I'm just gonna wreck your race car because they trapped him. It was yeah. funny because all them guys <laughs> took off like they were gonna pass him and take the wave around. He's like, nope. <laughs> That's pretty hey, funny, it's yeah. drama. It's good stuff. Like you said, TJ, it's entertaining. Yeah. It is. All right. As we get ready to wrap up the show here, anything else? I feel like I feel like Brett usually gets on these rants here, but anything else that we need to rant about? Jason, we got to do something here. I think we just got to change the rant section to we'll just call it um, the double zero segment. Because did, did you see him? Yes. Like so, I last saw him week sliding. he read. Do you see, so last week he wrecked you on pit road, right? You know, like just not knowing oh, what he's he was, doing, stopping yeah, in the middle he, he of pit was, road. Yeah. So this week, one of the pit stops, he's coming in. That's Quinn, Kyle, right? Kyle, yes. Kyle is leaving his pit box, and they're out. You know, he's the double zero is outside of him. Got to get in his stall. So instead of like, all right, I got to stop here. He just turns into the side of the eighteen, like just drives right into his quarter panel. And I, I mean, obviously, it didn't ruin Kyle. I mean, it might have ruined because I didn't see Kyle much the rest of the day after that. But I mean, for one, what are you doing even pitting with the lead lap cars? Like, I mean, he's on half the lead the, lap. Half the lead lap cars stayed out, you know, and and pit the second time by to be safer. Yeah, you've heard, you had an incident last week. Why don't you maybe try and take it a little bit safe when you keep this guy that clearly this has no idea what the hell he's doing this isn't on the, race the driver's track. fault though. He's doing what he's told right here because that guy doesn't know whether he's supposed to pit or not. Yeah. He's being I told to get, pit, but yeah, I'm just saying when you yeah. have when you when there is a car driving alongside of you on the road next to you and you know you got to get two lanes over, do you just hang a left and drive into the side of him, or do you maybe slow down or speed up yeah. to get around him? Like you I just might don't turn into the couple, side of the guy next to you. Uh, might take some duct tape, put a couple zeros in the side of my car, and hit him. <laughs> Golly. Yeah, he. So, uh, you can't put inexperienced guys, and this guy might have some short track experience, but from what we saw, he basically went from. I don't know if it was street stocks at South Boston or something to um, the Cup Series. And these other guys that are out there have ran years in other divisions more than most of them. You know, most of them have tons of time in the lower series. Like, hey, a year of trucks, two years of trucks. Like Ryan Blaney, two years of trucks. Uh, what do you have, a year of Xfinity or something like that? A couple years of Xfinity. Like, you, you put your time in and you learn these things as you go. You're going to learn when it's not your day. What you let people go, you stay up caught up on you stay caught up under the pace laps. You learn this stuff over them years. So when you get to the Cup Series, you have very you don't have as many mistakes. And now we're seeing, uh, you know, this is what we're seeing. We're just seeing a guy that doesn't know, um, doesn't know the little things. And honestly, it's probably not being they're probably not help. They probably did not hire somebody that's very knowledgeable that knows a lot of stuff that sees it happening and can tell them some info. Um, to keep him out of situations like that. You know, that if it's me, and I'm running, and I'm, if I'm spotting him at Talladega, and we're running three cars from the back, and I know it's, you know, let the, and we're on the lead lap, hey, why don't we just pit the second time by so it's a clear pit road, we don't do this. Um, <clears throat> you know, I don't, I don't know, man. That, there's a lot of little things that you can do to make your race it's better just and safer. Like, it's it's like we've talked about before. Common it's sense. Ra- you know, or well, not even that, but awareness. You don't have to have awareness. That that's it was like towards the end of a stage. The, everybody that's coming in is coming in to top off on fuel or or get fuel only. It's not going to be a four tire stop. So now you have to you have to plan ahead for that. And you know, we you, if anybody ever watches us on the roof, we're coming to pit road, and everybody that's up there is going to the guys in the stalls around them. You doing two? You doing fuel only? You doing four? What are you doing? You know, so we know to tell our guy. All right, watch it. Like we were coming around the eighty-eight yesterday. He was running third. We were towards the back. 
88 was doing fuel only. So I told Bubba, you know, just watch the 88 here because, you know, if he's going to, if he might be leaving when we get there. So if he does, just check up, let him go and come in behind him. Like, so you, you just, you just have to have awareness of what the hell's going on around you. Could have ruined your race as well as someone else's. Yeah. Brett's reading some. He got a rant. Did you know that there are <laughs> seven drivers, <laughs> seven drivers in the Cup Series that their last name starts with a B? That's what he was looking up. What? Yeah. That there's this more. Is what you're there's, ranting about? There's more. No, I was just sitting here looking at my picks to get ready for the next segment because I'm in such a good mood today. I don't have a rant, and I was like, "Wow, there's a lot of guys with the last name that starts with B." There's seven guys, Hannah. That their last name starts with a B. What's that? What? Byron, Byron, Blaney, Boyer, Boyer, Busher, Blaney, Busher, Bush, 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 oh, yeah. Bush, Byron. Dang! <laughs> How about that for a stat, people? I feel like Larry McReynolds right now. I'm bringing y'all hey, something way you didn't to go. know. Man, I'm I'm so proud of you. Yeah, me too, dog. We'll, we'll put human, you up in the booth the, next year. The human computer lives on. Yeah. I shift my pride. DBC picks. What happened there? I don't. Another win. I tell you yeah, what, I wanted so to have a set of I wanted if, to have a set of Kahuna's and pick Blaney, and I didn't do it. And dang wait, it! If we're transitioning here into DBC picks, dude, TJ, how do you honestly suck this bad at picking? Freddie literally wasn't here for the first like five episodes as I was just looking at this, and it is seven five one with Brett leading, Freddie second, and your third, and you've literally been a part of every episode. You can't you can't show up late? When you show up late, you have all the good guys left to pick. So I gave up all the good binge. guys. I gave up all the good guys. <laughs> listen, look at listen, I mean, Linda, look at John Hunter. Listen. John Hunter. Listen here, Goldilocks. John Hunter should have beat me yesterday. John Hunter could have won that race yesterday. Almost won that race yesterday. And look where he, look what happens. Um, there's been numerous times where I've had somebody basically I pick people that I don't want to run good from here on out. <laughs> John Hunter is so, a guy that has has overachieved. You know, I, I think that time. car has run five to seven positions consistently better than it did last year. I mean, when I look at Bubba Wallace in his forty three car, if Eric Amarola doesn't get hurt, there's a really good chance Bubba Wallace never gets a shot to drive that car. And when Bubba got in that car, he made the most of the opportunity. He ran a little bit better, to be quite honest with you, than what Eric had been running. And so I think when you when you look at it, man, that turned that turned some heads. John Hunter's got to be turning some heads right now. I would think. And I don't we think he ran. This. I don't think he like. I personally, John Hunter wasn't that impressive in that twenty three GMS car. Like when he was in the Xfinity series, and then they said he was going to the Cup but, series this year. But, but like, Hannah, but Hannah, to but Hannah, let's let's be fair now. He was in a car that knew it was going out of business when the season started. Yeah. Okay, so that, we. That's I, fair. I, I've been in those situations with with Harry Scott. They're not putting any resources into that at all. All they're doing is cashing checks. They're not writing yeah. checks at that point. So I, I agree with you, but he also was in a lame duck situation. And when a team's in a lame duck situation, it's bad. Yeah. 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 I thought he, he, he ran really good at Darlington, like top 10. Albert. Yeah. He, he ran really good at Atlanta. He was good. Um, you know, and I talked about this with Brett one day. I said, I'm going to be honest with you. It looks like John Hunter is driving a Stuart Haas car. And Cole Custer is driving a front row car right now because John Hunter is running his ass off. And he's, you know, he's hanging around the top 15, top 20 yeah. every race. And Cole is struggling. And Yesterday I don't know was what, Cole's best race. Yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, you're. But he didn't do anything getting, but stay get, on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, you just stay on the bottom, getting a good car, and you've got speed. So, yeah. you know, he's got to show me a little something next week. But, you know, like we talked about last week, guys have got to perform. You know, Ryan and, and Cole were two of the guys on my list. And, man, just John Hunter, like you said, is. I don't even know what the rookie points look like. It I'm was, assuming uh, Reddick, Reddick's probably yeah. leading, right? 
But I'm, I'm, I'm John Hunter's got to be ahead of Cole, right? I would say that'd be my I would guess. Think. So I that, tell you I mean, what, that, that'd be shocking. Him being a Ford, um, I was standing near Crazy, and uh, Crazy looked over me, and he was like, "Hey." I don't forget I'm a Ford now, so let me know when you guys are going to come down. And it wasn't, but a couple laps later, here comes John Hunter sliding down through the pyramid. <laughs> he looks over at me and goes, never mind. <laughs> All right, I got uh, I got first pick. We're going to Pocono doubleheader, so we got to make two picks. Pocono is all about two things. Yep. I know Turn don't do it. and horsepower. William Byron. That's who I got. All right, TJ, you're next. All right. I'm going to take uh, Chase Elliott. So you're not going to wreck him this weekend? <laughs> no, he just wants him to do s***. He's going to take Chase Elliott every week. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will take Austin Dillon. Mm. Okay, now race two. TJ, you get the first pick. I'll take Denny Hamlin. And Freddie? Somebody had that in mind. <laughs> that was Brett's guy. Look at his. <laughs> no, I'm already taking Denny this uh, year. But man, remember when Denny came in as a rookie and as a very young guy in this sport went to a very difficult Pocono Raceway? I don't think Pocono yeah. is as hard as it once was with this package and the repave. Before the repave, man, Denny Hamlin was lights out at that place. I'm going to take Denny Hamlin's teammate, Eric Jones. I'm going to throw a lob here. Corelli can't see turn one. I'm on. Hey, I'm on Neither this. I. I'm, I'm on this new Chevrolet nose kick. So I'm gonna go with Alex Bowman. I know what's Brennan pulling. I might even pick him here soon if he's in a Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, good stuff. Well, uh, I, I, hey man, a lot of racing this weekend, right? Four races at Pocono, or five races? Yeah, five, five races at the Arca. <laughs> hey, Arca series. Don't take offense to what I'm about to say. Y'all have no business being in Talladega, Alabama. Zero business. Go to Daytona to start your season. I get it. I like the hype of it. But I'm going to tell you something. I watch that race on TV, and woo, talk about just a single-file spaced-out parade. They, they got no business there. I'm sorry. The, the, the difference in competition in that series right now is – Terrifying. I mean, it's always been bad, but now that there's only 20 cars showing up, it just shows up even worse. And then you've got guys – like, I don't even know what the hell anybody in that five-car pack was thinking about that last lap. Like, you got they, – they they work it out. They got three teammates lined up. Michael Self coming with a head of steam with th- two teammates behind him pushing and hacks the shit out of the leader and gets himself turned around. So then, I mean, then the 20's got a big run on the 15 down the backstretch who got out too far, and he just picks him up and pushes him instead of trying to go around him. I mean, it just looked like a circus of people that weren't sure what the hell was going on. Yeah, it wasn't. There's been some good races there in the past, but with the low car count, we it's just it wasn't that entertaining. I got I got up there. I I wasn't spotting that race, so I got there to, and went up to mark my spot off. And it was probably I don't know halfway through the race, and I got up there and it was just five cars by themselves, three cars a half a straightaway by themselves, another half a straightaway back to two cars. I I looked. Hirschman was spotting. He's leading the race and he's talking to me. I'm like, when's the race start? Is this practice? What the hell's going on out here? Yeah, my uncle mm-hmm. used to say that was like a monkey in a football. That's about what it. That's about what that <laughs> correlated to. So, hey, uh, hey, Arca, take our advice. Go somewhere fun, man. Don't don't go back to Talladega. It ain't your kind of race. Pocono. <laughs> <laughs> Pocono. 
<laughs> I, I know right now that if we had some sponsorship for Hannah Newhouse and we put her in a good car at Pocono, she'd go out and win a race. I feel like we need to make this happen. Maybe you not put her in a car. You put her in a car that Riley Herbst guy is going to drive. I guarantee you, the douchebag comment lady. Hey, I laugh. Is going to win. Off. She's going to beat uh, him. Where the hell was it? Bristol? I think it was Bristol. He wrecked. Yeah, it was. It and was somebody. Somebody tweeted at Hannah. Hey, Hannah, I don't know if you can see, but the right side of Riley's all destroyed again. So I was in. I was in our room. We had the race on in our living room and I was folding laundry or something like that. And I didn't, all of a sudden we had friends over. I hear, oh, oh. And I was like, ah, something must have happened or whatever. I had my phone sitting on the table and my phone goes, me, me, me. And I'm like, I guarantee you Riley Herbst just wrecked. And sure <laughs> did I walk over there and it says, you have 19 new Twitter mentions and people are just lighting me up. Where's Hannah for the interview? Send Hannah down there. And then the Arca race this past weekend. Like, anytime that kid does anything on track now, my Twitter lights up. You brought that all on yourself, young lady. Yep, yep. Oh, I know. <laughs> I've come to terms with it by now. It's not as sensitive have y'all, now. Have y'all hugged it out yet? No. His, I'm pretty sure his PR person is still super salty with me about that whole deal, too. I'm like, Riley and I are fine. Everyone else just needs to get on the same page. Honestly, we need to make T-shirts and just split commission on it. Like, we can even put it on the hood of his car. What a douchebag! That's more more apparel for us. Yeah. All right, oh, man. Well, thank, thanks, Hannah. Bless. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks for showing up today. Yeah. You can actually you can actually be the world's favorite sub now because I'm not a sub anymore. So now you can actually be everybody's favorite sub. Be the sub, new favorite so. sub. Cool. Every girl that comes on our show comes on kind of halfway single. So you got Kristen Bauer and then she goes off and runs and falls in love. And then you got Casey Boat. She goes, falls in love, gets married, having a baby. Like, are, are, is there anything you need to tell us about you and Dylan? Nope. Nope. We're good. <laughs> we're good right now. We're, we're just, we moved in together. Oh, see? We got dogs. We got, got dogs. dogs. Did you are those both your dogs? Do you still have that other dog, or did you give that one up? The foster dog now. No, he he went. I don't know how anybody fosters a dog. It's incredible. He went to uh, a home up in Connecticut, actually. So 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 who wanted to test drive the car here? Did you want to test drive the car? Or did he want to test drive the car? With You're moving in together. You ain't made the purchase because when you get married is when you make the purchase oh. of the um, car. So right now you are test driving. So who wanted to test drive the car on this deal? We both did. Our leases were up at the same time. And the biggest thing is like with, you know, we both work in the industry. So it's like we were, we're home, we're home two days a week and trying to bounce back and forth between a house on just those two days and with the dog and going back and forth with the dog. We we're like, this is dumb. We're wasting money. Cause I was usually there at his house. And so I was paying rent at my place. So we live in like Harrisburg now, which is a little far, but we have a backyard and Janet's well, super we happy. We can see who wears the pants in a family because there is a midget hanging on the wall behind you. So, and and by by midget I mean a race car. Not there's not a little person <laughs> hanging on the wall. Are you insinuating that she's not wearing <laughs> pants right now? I, I will Fair confirm enough. I am wearing pants. Thank you. I gotta go to one of these midget festivals sometime. They sound fun. Midget week. Midget week. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, thanks everyone so much for listening. Help us out by sharing the link to the show on social media. Send us your thoughts and leave ratings and reviews on Apple Podcast. Watch us at Pocono. We out. Every day. Holla.
Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.